Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 29th of April 2020 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. It is spring in Hong Kong, and the weather is turning glorious. We don't have many days here that are both cool and sunny, but we've been given a gift in the past few days, and as we cautiously emerge from our self-quarantine, we'll be listening to a story from Vincent about some new beginnings he experienced. Before we get to today's stories, though, a big sunny hello goes out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. The sun is out and we're starting to come out too. Stay safe out there, Hong Kong. Big hearty hellos go out to our overseas listeners as well, especially listeners in Dublin, Ireland, Aberdeen in the UK, Lima, Peru, and Maputo in Mozambique. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. We honestly don't have any idea when our next live storytelling event will be, but we're getting the stories ready and practicing for the time when we can all be together again. We will keep you posted on the website, hongkongstories.com, and our free weekly workshops will be starting up as soon as it's safe for us to gather. Masked up, of course. We are still collecting story snippets. We invite our storytellers or anybody who wants to join in to write three to five sentence stories and share them either by email or on Facebook. And we welcome your stories too. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now from our show in October 2019, titled Unearthed, here is a story from Vincent. So it's January 2011. A new year, a new challenge. I'm leaving France. I'm coming to Hong Kong. I'm joining my partner to start a new life, a new beginning. I also, I also have the pleasure of having a new adopted daughter. <clears throat> okay, I'm, I'm leaving behind my five grown-up children. I'm leaving behind my life of adventure in, in France. I'm leaving behind all of my mountain adventures. And I'm leaving behind my garden. It's going to be hard. <clears throat> I arrive in Hong Kong, and my partner is at the airport to meet me. It's warm, and it's, it's kind of, it's comfortable to have somebody to meet you at the airport. We hug and we kiss. We're both very excited about the new life that's coming for both of us. <clears throat> We live in an apartment on the 11th floor. It's compact. It's Hong Kong compact. It's 500 square feet. I think back to the house that I left in France that was four times bigger. And we've got three people to live in this very compact space. I look out of the bedroom window. I can see 
other tower blocks in every direction. Seven big tower blocks. Looking a bit further, I can see old industrial buildings. And my thoughts go back to France. My thoughts go back to the views of the Alps. What have I let myself in for? I get up the next morning. I open the front door and I'm faced with a tangled spaghetti of roads. I'm faced with high-rise in every direction. But then as I look, I see beyond the high-rise some green hills. And then when I look more closely, I see some trees in amongst all the high-rise. And I hear some birds twittering. My heart really lifts. It's like, wow, it's so nice. I get on the MTR and I go to Meifu and I need to change for the Western Rail Line. It's, I've never faced anything like this. It's chock-a-block. It's jam-packed. There are people everywhere. It reminds me of when I've been to a First Division football game and the crowd's coming out at the end of the game. Only I'm going in the opposite direction. I think, what do I need to do? I'll follow somebody. So I start to follow somebody, but nobody walks in straight lines. It's so difficult. <laughs> I come to the escalator. People appear from nowhere and jump in front of me. And then someone pushes me, jumps in front of me, and turns around and says, Sorry. Sorry. You're sorry for what? <laughs> All the stress is really getting to me. My office is on the Canton Road, and the Canton Road has got big swing doors. The guy in front of me is just walking up to the big swing door. It's slightly ajar, and it's just coming to close. He goes through the gap. <laughs> And the door just shuts in my face. What happened there? I get to the office. I talk to one of my colleagues. I tell him about all the stress on the MTR. I tell him about the, I tell him about the escalators. I tell him about the swing doors. He said, don't worry. He said, it's not you. This is Hong Kong. You'll get used to it. <clears throat> okay, so after all the stress of going to work on the MTR, I think to myself, well, maybe I could ride my bike. Maybe I could ride my bike to work. That's not a bad idea. I used to ride my bike for 15 years when I was in France. So, yeah, it should be good. So come Saturday, I do a trial run. I get on my bike, head out to Kwai Fong, and after just five minutes, I'm in a maze. I'm in a maze of roundabouts, slip roads, overpasses, underpasses, and all the cars, they're all aiming for me. <laughs> they're all 
blowing their horns. It's like, it's like a game. It's like a game. They're all trying to hit me. What am I going to do? I give up. Okay? I just give up. I take the bike to the side of the road, and I take it back home again. So cycling is out. <laughs> so I've got the stress of the MTR. Cycling is out. Yeah, but what about gardening? That's a good idea. So I look on the internet, and I find some gardens just 10 minutes away from where we live. So I go up to the gardens. I'm really excited. Maybe I don't look excited, but I was really excited. <laughs> I get to the gardens, and the gardens, they measure four foot by four foot. I talked to one of the gardeners. I said, are these the gardens? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, but they're, they're small. He said, yeah, yeah, they're small. He said, but that's not your problem. I look at him. He said, your problem is there's a waiting list for five years. <laughs> so this means that uh, this garden is out. But we find some more gardens now. We find some gardens in the New Territories. So off we go to the New Territories. This is more like it. It's out in the countryside, mountain views, and the gardens are much bigger. 50 square foot now, 5 foot by 10 foot. It's almost, it's almost a garden. <laughs> and all the gardeners, they look really happy. The owner comes to see us, and she's smiling as well. And she informs us, I've got some gardens ready to rent. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. She said they're, they're just 1,000 Hong Kong dollars per month. So I used, to be, I used to be a maths teacher. So very quickly, I do a calculation. Okay, 1,000 Hong Kong dollars a month, 50 square foot. I compare it with the price of our apartment. Per square foot, it's more expensive than the rent of our apartment. It's no wonder she was smiling. <laughs> we get invited to a, to a barbecue uh, at Thailand Reservoir. It's amazing. The pull of the countryside. You get there, you've got a big reservoir, nice green hills. It's really quite idyllic. But the barbecue site is jam-packed with different groups, with families. All of the barbecues are already taken. So we managed to share one with some friends. We eat a nice barbecue, and it's really nice. Then, after the barbecue, I say, would anybody like to go for a walk? Nobody wanted to go for a walk. So with my partner, we decided to go for a walk. After just, I would say, 500 meters, maybe a thousand meters. We were the only people on the path. There was the barbecue site and everybody was jam-packed. Here we are on the path, just 500, a thousand meters away, and it's virtually nobody. I turned to my partner. I said, well, what's the problem? She said, well, Hong Kong people like to be together. Hong Kong people 
like to be in a crowd. I look at her, I think she's crazy, but <laughs> one look just tells me she's not being crazy. Okay, the trip to Thailand actually launches us on, on a sort of uh, hiking. We become sort of, every weekend we're out hiking. We become weekend warriors. I guess you know that Hong Kong is 75% countryside. Hong Kong has got more than 200 islands around it. It's absolutely amazing. It's totally, it's a revelation to me. It's totally wild. And then my new adopted daughter introduces us to Saiwan, the wild beach of Saiwan. We camp on the beach. The cows eat our food. But the stars, the stars are just so amazing. A bit like the lights here. So, we light a fire. We go for a midnight dip. It's really great. After eight years in Hong Kong, I can honestly say that Hong Kong is amazing. I've actually, I've been immunized from the crowds. Crowds don't bother me at all now. I can go anywhere on the MTR. People can jump in front of me. People can go through doors. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. And even I hold doors open for the people coming after me. I love my Hong Kong life. Thank you. We love our Hong Kong life, and we're glad Vincent does as well. We love hearing your stories, too, and helping people to tell their stories well. Thanks for sharing your story snippets online over the last few weeks. Here are a few of the story responses we've received through Facebook. This first story was in response to the prompt, Tell us about a time when you ate something you shouldn't have. This first story snippet is from Todd. When I was around eight years old, I went to the DMV with my mom one morning. As my mom came prepared for the long line with a styrofoam cup of coffee in hand, I came empty-handed and got thirsty waiting on this endless line. Even though I was aware that my mom had always left disgusting red-smeared lipstick stains on her coffee cups, I was really thirsty. As we were standing on line, I observed that the red smeared lipstick coffee cup was on a form table next to us as we stood in line, so I reached out to it and took a sip. What a brave boy I was to ignore my mom's lipstick cup-stained cooties. It was room temperature and tasted fine. But I noticed a couple seconds after my sip that my mom never put her coffee cup on the table. I had just sipped coffee from some other lipstick stranger's coffee cup left on the table to be thrown away. This story was written in response to the prompt. Tell us about a time when you ate something you shouldn't have. 
Thanks, Todd. The next story is from Sheridan. When I lived in Cambodia, the acting British ambassador, who was standing in because his superiors were away, said, Hey, let's take the ambassador's car with the flags on it and go and have a picnic in the country. So we drove a ways out of the capital to Udong, picked a shady, grassy spot, and laid out a blanket. The next day, he phoned me to say we'd gone for a lovely picnic in a minefield. This story was in response to the prompt, Tell us a story set in the countryside. Thanks, Sheridan. Our final story snippet today is from Robbie. We drove through Saskatchewan on our way to my brother's wedding in 1994. One day, a tornado touched down. Because of the landscape, we could see it for miles. Dad parked our car under a gas station overhang to keep us safe. We had to move it because the roof above started swaying too badly. I slept through it all. This story was in response to the prompt, Tell us a story of a time the weather influenced your life. Thanks, Robbie. And thanks to everybody who sent us a story snippet on our Facebook page or through email. And thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.